الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن إبراهيم لحليم أواه منيب وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم التأني من الله والعجلة من الشيطان وما أحد أكثر معاذير من الله وما من شيء أحب إلى الله من الحلم أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters <coughs> The ayat of the Quran Sharif that I recited Allah Ta'ala describes some qualities of Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam is that personality who we are being reminded of at every moment during these days of Hajj the Hujjaj who are gone they are also remembering all his sacrifices those who are in their own homes some are preparing for Qurbani, trying to find out where they can buy the animals. Others are in some other way preparing. All this is a reminder again of the sacrifice of Ibrahim and the great excellence Allah Ta'ala had given him, the achievements that he had. So among those things is what Allah Ta'ala describes about him in the Quran Sharif. Inna Ibrahim la halimun awahum munib. The first aspect that Allah Ta'ala mentions in this ayat is that Ibrahim wasalam, was lahalim, very tolerant. Now this is something which is being expressed as a form of great praise for him. That what a wonderful quality he had in him, that he was somebody who was blessed with tolerance, helm. The aspect of hilm is something we have discussed on some occasion previously. But this is something that we need to keep revising, we need to keep refreshing in our minds, and we need to keep checking that to what extent has this quality come into us? How much are we adorning ourselves with this quality? And when we say adorning, this is truly adornment especially the students of deen, people who are learning deen, then they should take special note of this. In the hadith, Nabi Wasallam, it is reported that he used to make dua in these words. This is one of the masnoon duas or the ma'thur duas of Rasulullah Wasallam. Allah's Nabi Wasallam used to make dua, Allahumma a'inni bil'ilm wa zayyinni bil'ilm wa akrimni bil'taqwa so the first part of the dua is, O oh Allah, assist me with knowledge. Because knowledge is a great aid to a person in life. Means of great assistance. Knowledge is light. When a person in darkness suddenly receives light, then this is a very great help. Now the person can see where one is moving. Whether the person is going to step into Danger or the person is going to be on the path of safety. The person can distinguish in the light. But in the darkness, 
the person is just blindly walking and he walks into every difficulty, every calamity, every harm and he has no idea where he is heading to. So this is the aspect of ilm. That ilm is a light. person doesn't have the correct knowledge, people do major things. Sometimes totally out of ignorance. In business, people make various kinds of business decisions. And whereas those transactions are completely impermissible. Though this does not apply perhaps to those that are presently listening to this talk, but just as an example, these kind of things come up where a person does a transaction, he gives somebody else an offer that uh, you take these goods and you sell it and I will take for example now, these goods, the cost is 10 rands, I will take 5 rands. And then over and above that, whatever you make is yours. And that's it, you must bring 5 rands for every garment that I give you. Now he hasn't sold the garment to the person that is going to sell it on. He hasn't sold the goods to the person that now this is for you, I want 5 rand profit, what you do after it is yours. No, the goods belong to him. He hasn't given the goods over. He has retained ownership of the goods. He's telling the person, you sell it, and five rands you must give me. Any excess is yours, but you must bring five rands for me. Now, whether you sell it at a loss, I still want five rand per item. Now, that is impermissible. And you are responsible. Anything gets lost, you are responsible. That is impermissible because if he has retained ownership of the goods, then that person is not responsible. If something happened beyond his control, now, this is just one example, a very simple example, though it might not apply to those listening right now, but just to understand that how people, and these are common things unfortunately, how people make these kind of deals, which are completely incorrect, and now they are making thousands of rands out of these kind of deals, and that is impermissible. Now, the person then consumes that wealth, he's feeding his family with that wealth, he's spending in charity from that wealth. But where did that wealth come from? That wealth came from an impermissible transaction, from something that is wrong. So where can there be any barkat in that? Now where did this come from? It stemmed from the lack of knowledge. It stemmed from ignorance, from jahalat. So sometimes people do things deliberately in the wrong way, though they know what is right. Many a times a person is jahil, the person is ignorant of what is right and wrong. And then no effort is made to find out what is the correct thing also. No effort is made to make sure that somebody checks out the transactions or checks out and verifies that what I am doing is correct. And if I am making a mistake somewhere, then it will be rectified. That effort is not made either. When it comes to aspects of deen, then people are content with doing it as they want. Dunya, the person wants to build a house, he'll go to the best architect. He'll go to the best engineer. He wants to undertake some business venture. He'll go to the best consultant. Or he'll find out from the person who's got the best experience in business. Or the best knowledge to guide him to do the right things. He wants to do something else in the worldly field. Then everybody will be consulted who will be able to guide. But when it comes to our deen, that is this transaction being done correctly. What I'm doing is this according to the command of Allah Ta'ala. Or is there some haram element in this? No effort is made, illa mashallah, 
to find out what is right, what is wrong. So, ilm is a great help. It's a great assistance. Helps a person to know what to do, what not to do. And therefore, Nabi Salaam said, Innama sawalul ayyi, innama ilajul ayyi as-su'al. That if a person doesn't know, then the remedy for that, the treatment for that is to ask. By asking from the correct people, from the authentic people, the person will gain the knowledge of what to do. And not just in business transactions, but in every aspect of our life that we are not aware about what to do. Then we inquire. Inquire from those who have the authentic knowledge. But that is a very important word. And we should highlight this word. Authentic people who have the authentic knowledge. We don't just ask anywhere and everywhere. We don't go to Mufti Google. Mufti Google will give us the fatwa. Mufti Google got no fatwa for us. That is not a fatwa that is something that we can rely on. We go to people who are authentic or we contact or we refer to people who are authentic and who have a track record of taqwa. Allah knows best what's in somebody's heart, but as far as the apparent is concerned, the person conducts himself with taqwa. The person, there's a experience of the person, of general people, that this person has true knowledge and he can guide the person correctly. Then we refer to such a mufti, such a person, and inshallah we will be rightly guided. But the point is that we need to acquire the knowledge, the correct knowledge, in the form of asking, in the form of studying by authentic people, and in this way we will get this assistance in life of what to do, what not to do, how to move forward. A person has a personal issue. Now, one is we make a decision on our own. This is how I need to solve this problem. But we might be trying to solve the problem with a problem. Sometimes a person has a problem and now we want to resolve it. We want to remove the difficulty. But the person doesn't have the knowledge of how to go about rectifying the issue or how, about, how to go about resolving the problem. So the person then tries to resolve the problem with a problem. To understand this, for example, Allah forbid, there is some problem between a husband and wife. Now there is a marital problem, so that needs to be resolved. So sometimes they refer to who? They refer to maybe some marriage counsellor, but who doesn't even have iman. Or that person doesn't even, or has, he's a Muslim, but he has no contact with deen. Now what kind of advice he's going to give? The kind of advice he would give maybe, so for example now, and sometimes this happens in various other ways as well, the advice he might give is, that you see the problem here, that this uh, difficulty is taking place in this marriage is, that there isn't any uh, real entertainment that is taking place. Now he might come to that conclusion, that there's no entertainment. It's a very boring life that the couple are leading. So there's no entertainment. So there needs to be some form of entertainment. So what is the cheapest form of daily entertainment? Well, actually you need to have a TV in your home. You don't have a TV in your home. That is where the problem is. So you must have a TV so that every day, at the end of the day, the couple would be able to unwind. Now he is presenting a solution in inverted commas. But that solution itself is a major problem. That solution itself is a very major problem. 
Now he's trying to solve a problem by means of a problem. What's going to be the end result of that? The end result of that is going to be a double problem. So we go to people who have the right knowledge. Authentic people who have the right knowledge. Otherwise we'll try to solve a problem but we'll only compound it. So now there's a personal problem also. We learn to solve it from the correct sources. And sometimes it's just a very simple thing, a basic thing. But we fail to take the right guidance. As a result, we complicated the matter further. So this is why Nabi Islam made this dua, Allahumma a'inni bil ilm. Oh Allah, guide me with knowledge. Allah, assist me with knowledge. Because knowledge is a great assistance, the correct knowledge. The knowledge of the Quran and Sunnah. Or the knowledge that comes to us from the Quran and Sunnah via authentic people. Where we have asked something and now that answer that comes, that answer is knowledge. So Alhamdulillah, there are many people who are available, who are capable, who would be able to guide us correctly. People in our communities, ulama-i kiram, muftiyane kiram. We should take this, that via the correct channels, in the proper manner, in the appropriate way, we ask and we learn. And we learn how to solve the issues, not to compound the issues. Nevertheless, this was the first part of the dua, Allahumma a'inni bil-ilm. Thereafter, Nabi Islam says, وَزَيِّنِّي bil-hilm." O Allah, adorn me. This is what we had set out to discuss, that adornment. That Nabi Islam is saying, O Allah, adorn me with hilm, with tolerance. Now, perhaps we discussed this previously as well, that generally in our mind, the adornments are on the outside. Person has a very, very beautiful uh, necklace. Somebody has beautiful bangles. And somebody has very, very glittering rings. And all kinds of jewelry. Somebody has very precious pearls. They are wearing a string of pearls. And somebody is wearing whatever else. Or very expensive clothing. Or designer cloaks. This is also the new thing of the time. Designer cloaks. Whereas a cloak was meant to cloak everything up. It was meant to cloak everything up, to cover everything up. Now the cloak itself has become a means of the attraction. It was supposed to have been a distraction. But that unfortunately has become the attraction. So therefore it requires that on top of the cloak, the person wears another cloak, which is a distraction. Then wherever there is no uh, problem with uncloaking the upper cloak, in the person in the home, wherever in the place that the person is now out of the sight of non-mahrams, then that's a different issue. But otherwise, a long burqa or something else needs to cover the what was meant to be the cover itself. So here there's another subject on its own. But the point is, what we're talking about is adornment. That this is our general concept, that adornment is on the, out, on the outside. Whereas the outward adornment is very, very superficial. The outward adornment is perishable. The outward adornment, it is just merely in the eye of the person looking. But if that person's mind is shut off from us, then even that eye will not be able to see any adornment in the outer things. 
I recall giving this example once previously, that supposing somebody got married to the person who is the most uh, outstanding in every aspect of outward beauty, whether some girl got married to such a person or the boy got married to such a girl, everything in terms of the outward beauty was outstanding. A1. Now after the nikah took place, so for example now, we take it that this girl got married to the person who she felt was the most outstanding in every form of beauty, most handsome person around. And he has the most adornments, most amount of adornments outwardly. Most fancy car is driving. And the designer clothes he's wearing. And he's got a watch on his hand worth a hundred thousand rands. And whatever else. But now after the nikah took place, in the first meeting, this person speaks in a most abrupt manner. Now this is the first meeting. And he says something in a very, very abrupt way, very rudely he speaks. Already, half that attraction in the outward beauty of the person will already be gone. But now there's still some glimmer of hope that maybe something will still come right, maybe this was just a mistake. But now, the next thing the person starts saying something even more uh, abruptly, starts becoming vulgar, starts talking in a very abusive manner starts saying hurtful things and starts showing his arrogance and pride and starts saying that you look like a old farmer and I thought you were somebody who you know had something more to offer but you seem to be somebody totally uh, dumb now he's saying these kind of things I thought you were an intelligent person but you seem to be totally dumb and uh, I don't know how I made this mistake now person is talking those kind of things. He says, this is like, I just, I don't know whether I'm awake or this is, I'm walking through a nightmare. Now imagine this kind of situation. Now, which girl in her right mind would still have any attraction for the outward adornment and beauty of this person? Who would even want to even look at that adornment of his? In fact, there will be total nafrat, hatred, to look at him would be a source of pain. The person wants to run away from there. The next thing she'll be phoning her father, please pick me up. I don't know which animal I came here to. This person has got no etiquette, no manners, he's got no character, he's full of pride and arrogance, he's a boastful person. So now, suddenly there's every kind of wrong that is being witnessed about him, and there isn't one mention of that, well, fine, doesn't matter, he's got terrible character, but he's a very handsome person. Doesn't matter, he's got no etiquette, but he's got a lot of wealth. Doesn't matter, he's got no manners, but he has all the best kind of clothing. Nobody bothers about all these things. That all becomes like a curse. Why? Because the person doesn't have inner adornment. So the inner adornment is what makes a person. Outward things, I got a certain kind of phone, I'm also on the BB, I got a Blackberry. Doesn't matter who's, uh, whatever musibat I'm bringing, bahut bari musibat on myself, but I'm also in tune with everything. So, that doesn't make anybody anything. 
This is just a deception. The outward things are just a deception. Now, just as that person became hated in our sight, because of his bad character, because of his uh, very harsh manner of talking, because of his tongue, his very evil tongue, and the abusive way in which he is dealing with us, there is now hatred for him. There isn't one iota of any attraction left. Why? Because the inner adornment was missing. So likewise, this is the adornment we have to make an effort for, we have to aspire for. Forget about all the outward things. Within limits, all that will, it will carry on. That will take its cause. Nobody will be deprived of that entirely. That will carry on. But we don't make that the focus of our life. Because that is not going to win any heart. That might just win some eye. It might win the attraction of some eye. And the attraction of the eye is very, very superficial. One person was uh, walking, this is an example which the Mashaikh give, to show people what a deception this world is. So, he was walking and one girl was on the side, so he stopped and he started expressing how much he loves her because he says he's totally uh, dumbstruck by her beauty and all these kind of things that people deceive one another with. So, she was a bit intelligent, she wasn't a fool. Like many become fools. Somebody must just say one statement like this, but they totally carried away. What a liar they know this person is. They've experienced his lies before also. But he sent one SMS now, and he sent one message, and again started flirting, and saying things which he himself is saying it in such a way that he knows he can't convince somebody. But, there it is, one person made some statement and person is gone. And after being uh, taken for a complete ride as they call it, now the person comes to reality when the, it becomes known that this person is saying this to another ten people. What he's saying to me, that I'm the only one, he's saying it to another ten people. He's saying to ten people, you are the only one. Meaning you are the only one of ten. That's what he's referring to. But he's not saying it completely. He's saying you're the only one. And some is only one of dozens. These are realities. So this girl was not so dumb. She was a little bit intelligent. Maybe not entirely intelligent because she was exposing herself there, making a parade of herself. But she had little bit brains, little bit akal. So she first tried to test this fellow out. So she said, well actually you saying this about me, but my sister is still just walking behind me. She's even more beautiful than me. So as soon as she said this, this fellow turned around to look. So when he turned around to look, from the other side he got one tight slap. Because there was no one walking behind, this was a test. But he fell for it. So he says, just now I was the most beautiful person around. And just on one statement you want to see who is behind me. So what you, were, what you were expressing about that you are dumbstruck and you can't uh, express whatever it is and this and that, all the futile things and all the deception, all the lies that people speak when they engage in haram, all these kind of haram conversations and haram uh, uh, links and haram relationships, it's filled with lies, filled with deception. We can be sure about it. Don't have any kind of doubt in it that it's filled with lies. And not once, not twice, not ten times, not maybe dozens of times, hundreds of times, there have been these 
realities that have come out, that a person who was saying the most fancy things to somebody, and most flowery things to somebody, and really trying to woo the person, it turned out simultaneously he was doing the same thing with many others. Because it's all cheap. People just want cheap fun. They just want to make use of others like cheap fun. That is why the Western culture, what has the Western culture done to women? It has just reduced them. Allah forbid, this, you will pardon this example, but this has become the reality that they have become just like tissue paper. I'm just trying to make it a little bit more uh, dignified, and I'm saying tissue paper, that they have just made it like tissue paper to be used and thrown. That has become Western culture. And we are becoming so impressed with the Western culture, which is totally filth. But because we become impressed with that, we want to go down the same way. But this is what the end result is. So all these kind of haram relationships, which have become unfortunately very rife because of the technology, the chatting, the BBMs and the SMSing and the Facebooks and the Twitters and the whatever else goes with it, Allah knows best. So all this has become very, very rife and it's filled with lies, filled with deception. And those who don't know better just get carried away. Somebody just sent one message and they sent one... They send somebody else's picture with it to further bluff somebody. There we go. They're just having cheap fun. And sometimes they are sharing it with others to say, look how I'm taking this person for a ride. So don't get caught up with these things. This is all just to make fools of us. Allah Ta'ala has kept happiness in deen, in staying away from haram. Allah Ta'ala has kept true satisfaction in that what is correct. Otherwise, it's just total uh, restlessness. There can never be ever peace in haram. There can never be ever any kind of happiness in haram. It's just a deception. Shaitan just keeps a person just jumping from one point to the other and then dumps a person. So in any case, we move far off from the subject. We are talking about hilm and we are talking about the inner adornment. Nabi Salaam made this dua, Allahumma inni bil ilm wa zayyinni bil hilm. Oh Allah, Adorn me with hilm. So we spoke about that the real adornment is inside. And one of the big things that adorn a person is hilm. Nabi Salaam is making dua for it in these words. Adorn me with hilm, with tolerance. And the link with ilm and hilm is, because both things are being mentioned side by side, O Allah, assist me with ilm and adorn me with hilm. That if a person has ilm, we have learned a lot of things. Now somebody is in the first year and somebody is in the second year, somebody is in the third year, Allah knows best. So we have learned a lot of things so far. But if we don't have ilm together with that ilm, then it will be very difficult for us to pass on that knowledge to anybody or anybody else to benefit from that knowledge from us. Because without that ilm, there will be this bad character. And nobody wants to come too close to a person with bad character. Say, keep him at arm's length. Keep her at arm's length. So whatever we learned, just gets wasted. Much of what we learned, nobody else benefits from it. Illa mashallah. So when there will be hilm, now the avenue to pass on that knowledge will open up. People will be able to come and learn. People will want to benefit from you. People will want to come to you to learn something. 
and they'll say this person you can really benefit because the person has such good akhlaq, such good character, the person has great tolerance. Otherwise, the slightest mistake somebody makes and you want to chase the person away. So one person chased away, second person chased away, third person finished, everybody then one after the other gone. So hilm, very great thing. In the hadith, Nabi Wasallam has greatly praised this aspect of hilm. And in, the, in this ayat of the Quran Sharif also, Allah Ta'ala speaks about Ibrahim والسلام, that Ibrahim والسلام, was halimun. He was a person of great tolerance. Now this is being expressed. And Ibrahim والسلام, when he made dua, he made dua that Ya Allah grant me a son that Rabbi habli min as salihin Ya Allah grant me a son who will be pious. Ya Allah grant me a child that will be pious. So Allah Ta'ala says, فَبَشَّرْنَاهُ بِغُلَامٍ حَلِيمٍ We gave him the glad tidings of a child, of a son who will be halim. He asked for a pious child. Allah Ta'ala is saying, we gave him a child, we gave him the glad tidings of a child who will have great tolerance. Halim. Which makes it very clear that the salah and this piety is not complete without hilm. Hilm is necessary. Otherwise it's not complete. So now we have to apply this in our lives. What does this hilm mean? What is this great quality of tolerance about? How does one practice this tolerance? So tolerance is something that is only practiced when somebody provokes a person's tolerance. When a person is being provoked. That is when this will be shown that what is the person's tolerance. That is why there is a statement, there is a saying that a person's tolerance is only understood at the time of ghazab. A person's tolerance is not understood until at the time when he is provoked. That is the time it will be shown. What is the level of the person's tolerance? Can he maintain his calm? Can she maintain her composure at that time? Can she deal with things in a balanced way? Can the person still maintain the composure of the mind and not start saying things which later will be regretted? Which later the person will say that, why did I say this? That's why Luqman, Ali salatu wasalam, Luqman Hakim the wise, he said, Salasatun la yu'rafuna illa inda salasatin. Three things cannot be known except in three conditions, three situations, on three occasions. La yu'raful halimu illa indal ghadab. That who is truly a tolerant person, this cannot be understood except when the person has been angered. Anger is a natural human emotion. It's not possible that a person won't get angry. But when a person does get angry, then you will learn who is tolerant. Who has this great adornment? Nabi Islam asked for this adornment. So who has this adornment? That will be understood when that condition of anger comes. Somebody did something which will normally anger somebody. So somebody said something hurtful, you are going to get angry about it. Somebody did something to her which irritated you, you are going to get angry. But now when you are angry inside, are you tolerant now to handle the situation in an appropriate manner? Or now somebody said one thing, we say three things. 
somebody said something hurtful about us, so we then sway him, his father, his grandfather, his great-grandfather, and even one two steps above that too. So then, that is not something anywhere close to hilm. So the first thing Luqman said, that لا يعرف الحليم إلا عند الغضب ولا الشجاع إلا عند الحرب That you will not be able to know who is brave except when there is a fight, when there is a war. Now the person who is in the middle of the battlefield and he is moving ahead, now his bravery will be known. Otherwise to talk big is very easy. To talk big is very easy. But when the occasion comes, now the person is hiding under the bed. So all that reality came out now. So, وَلَا الشُّجَعُ عِنْدَ الْحَرْبِ وَلَا الْأَخُ إِلَّا عِنْدَ الْحَاجَةِ إِلَيْهِ And you will not recognize and not know who is truly your friend, who is your brother, except at the time of need. Who is truly your brother, you'll only know. Who is truly your friend, you'll only know at the time of need. When there's a problem, there's a difficulty, there's some situation. Now, who is ready to stand by you? That will be known now. So, likewise, this aspect of hilm is known at the time when a person is provoked. Sometimes a person says, well, he provoked me, that's why I did this. But that is the occasion of hilm. That is when a person's tolerance is being tested. So, this is something that we have to adorn ourselves with. The aspect of hilm, the aspect of tolerance, this is something which is a great uh, quality. And when a person has tolerance, the person will learn to control the tongue, the person will be able to control the actions of the person, he will not do something also that will be now a source of regret later. And when the person is not tolerant, then anything and everything goes. And this is something which is above kazmul ghaiz, one is to suppress anger. Suppressing anger, this too is a great quality. But when a person suppresses anger, there is still a great amount of agitation within. But when a person has acquired tolerance, then that agitation also goes away. The person suppresses the anger and the agitation is also gone. The person is calm from within. The person is cool. The person is not now in agony from within. Because that agony from within can explode again. So therefore we have to learn this aspect of tolerance. We have to learn how to be tolerant. And this is learned from the lives of the Ahlullah, the lives of the pious. Read their biographies. Read how they reacted to situations. From the time of Nabi Wasallam, He was the most tolerant. What kind of tolerance he displayed is beyond our imagination. One person came, he had given Nabi Wasallam some loan. But it was not even the time yet. And he came and he started demanding the repayment in a very uh, bad way, in a rude manner. Whereas it was not even yet time. So the Sahaba became enraged and they said that we are actually getting ready to punish this person. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Da'uhu, fa inna li sahibil haqqi maqalan. Leave him, leave him. He has a right over me. I am owing him something. So he has a right. And since he has a right, he has a right to say something also. To demand it. Whereas this person had overstepped the bounds. But Nabi Sallallahu said, no, leave it. Let him say what he needs to say. And 
said, give him what, what he was due. So the Sahaba said, but we only have something, the animal that he needs to be given, we have something far better. So give him the better thing, doesn't matter. The one who gives something better, he is the good person. If he was owing something, he gave something even better, without this being a condition that he will give something better, then that is a very good thing to do. So the best person is who gives something better in return. So, provided that that is not a precondition, otherwise it will become interest. So this is the helm that Nabi Islam showed. He did not become angry at all at that person. Rather, he dealt with that person in a better way. This is the taqaza and the dictates of helm. So these are the adornments that we have to acquire. Adornment of this tolerance. Hazrat Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi one person started abusing him, talking bad things and abusing him. Imam Sahib was walking and this person is walking along and he is hurling this abuse. Then the time came where now they came to a like a T-junction. Imam Sahib's road was to go to the one direction to the right. This person's house was on the left. So Imam Sahib said to him, look, I am now turning to the right and you are turning to the left. So I will wait here. Whatever else you need to say, you can say it. Because maybe if I just carry on walking in my direction, you might not finish off saying what you want to say. So I will wait, you say what you want to say. Now this was a helm. This was the tolerance. One person came and he slapped him in front of everybody. Now can we imagine the situation? Imam Hanifa Rahmatullah says to him that look, what you did, if I take revenge, if I retaliate to the extent that you hit me, then I will be entitled to it. Because you did something which was wrong, I can retaliate to the same extent, but I won't do that. If I want, I can use my friends here to retaliate on my behalf. I will be entitled to that also. Because you harmed me, but I won't do that. If I wish, I can go and lay a complaint with the Qazi, and he can take you to task. And I will be entitled to do this, but I won't do that also. Then if I wish, I will have the right to get compensation from you on the day of Qiyamah. Because you have abused me. You have trampled my right. So I can get compensation on that day. But I won't do that also. Instead, if Allah Ta'ala, and inshallah Allah Ta'ala sends me to Jannat, and if Allah Ta'ala gives me the opportunity to take somebody else to Jannat, I will take you. Now this was out of that tolerance, that hilm. Somebody comes and slaps a person in front of everybody else. What becomes our condition? Forget slap, somebody says something only to us. What is our condition? Whereas this is the lesson of helm that these people taught us. So this is what we have to be also trying to acquire. This great quality of helm, of tolerance. This is what will adorn us. This is what will endear us to others. This is what will make people be able to benefit from us. And it will make us beloved in the sight of those who are near and dear to us. Otherwise, the outward things will all fall by the wayside. May Allah Taala grant us this great quality. Allah Taala make us those who are halim, who are tolerant. And Allah Taala bless us with all the other adornments of good akhlaq as well. Wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. اللهم لا نحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهل ربنا غلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم 
وعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا ندامة ولا مفتونين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحابه جمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين